Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz, and what a week it was at the WGC down at the concession sleeves. Colin Morikawa put on a clinic. Oh, I mean, the ball striking, it was like going back in time, watching that PGA Championship. When that kid gets it firing on all cylinders, Tita Green, it's a joke. I mean, it's, it's unlike anyone else I think you can find on the PGA Tour right now. And the difference this week was new putted grip. He debuted at Riviera, didn't have the best success. I think he was actually last in the field for guys that made the cut at Riv, stuck with it. And then this week at uh, concession, he finished, ended up the week 10th in putting, which when you're the best ball striker in the field, I think he was strokes gained uh, number one in pretty much every category that mattered. You're going to win a lot of golf tournaments doing that. Yeah, I mean, his ball striking is elite, one of the best on on tour, arguably the best iron player in the game. It's really cool to see a guy who's not the longest. You know, he, he's around 160 on the PGA Tour in driving distance at 294, which is not short. But his iron play is just stellar. It is so cool to watch. He picks apart golf courses. And like you said, when the, when the putter is going for him, look out. Like, he might run away from fields. He was 256th in strokes gained putting heading into this week on the PGA Tour this season. He finished 10th in the in the, in the the WGC and won by three. Yeah, he, the good thing for Colin Morikawa is he doesn't have to become the world's greatest putter. He just needs to be middle of the pack, and he's going to be hard to beat with the way he hits the golf ball every single week. And when you look at his wins, he's got four now. Well, three of them are on three of the hardest golf courses you're going to see on the PGA Tour. He won at Harding Park during the PGA Championship. That's tough. Concession. This week was really hard, and then he won at Jack's Place for the workday, which is also a big, tough golf course. So it seems like the harder the venue, the more his ball striking shines. And uh, his caddy made some note of that this week, saying, like, when there's a reward from hitting bad iron shots, that's where the, the places where Colin Morikawa thrives the most because he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't hit that many bad ones. I mean, he's, he's special. And like you said, he doesn't have to do it by flying it 315 yards through the air. He kind of does it like a normal human until he gets iron in the hands, and then he's abnormal. No, and he made history this week, became the second player ever – to win a major championship in a WGC before the age of 25, joining only the great Tiger Woods. Yeah, when you're on a, when there's two guys that have got a record and the other one's Tiger Woods, you know you're in pretty good company. But I mean, he's off to the races. I think he's pretty much solidified his spot on the U.S. Ryder Cup team this year, and he was doing a little bit of battle with Victor Hovland coming down the stretch this last week. And I think that's uh, those are two guys that are going to go head to head a lot in the future. And I would love to see those two guys go head-to-head in a Ryder Cup singles match if we could do it. Because they, they're really similar. They're both Tita Green, unbelievable. And then the only weaknesses, I guess you could call it, in their game are chipping and putting around the green. But ball striking-wise, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. They might be going good-good from six feet for birdie if you they know play what? each Scoop other. You know what? Scoop that. Yeah, <laughs> just see who can hold an eight iron on the next hole. But, man, got to take your hat off to Colin Morikawa. What a performance. And, and Victor Hovland as well. And, by the way, people ought to start getting a little nervous with the way Brooks Kepka's playing golf because major championship season is coming. And Brooks is rounding into form. Yeah, he looked good. He had a, he had a sneaky chance at the end. You know, had the eagle putt on, I believe, 17 that he ended up three-putting. But he was right there again. And, yeah, there's something like when those majors get coming, if, if, if he's healthy, he's going to be a hard guy to, to ignore. But I thought that was, that was our first time looking at concession, uh, the golf club. That place was unbelievable. I mean, if they don't get a PGA championship or something out there, uh, I think that's a whiff because that place looked unbelievable. I don't know how fans can get around it, logistically speaking, but from a golf course setup, I mean, that thing – uh, it looks real. I mean, it really separates the field. I mean, you can see if you were off, you really, really struggled. But if you're on, you could you could get it a little bit. I think there was 32 shots between first and last of 72 guys and uh, 72 of the best players in the world. I mean, we saw Bryson DeChambeau go out and shoot 77, 60, 
64, 63, 64, something like that. Um, so you can really – the good is good, but the bad, you get punished around concession. Yeah, when you got no cut and you don't get to just tap out and say, all right, I've had enough, you got to go out there and grind for four days. They're going to put some big numbers up. But you're right. Like, There's just not much you can do to stop the best players in the world from tearing a place up if the weather's pretty good like we saw this week without getting super weird on the course setup. So, yeah, Colin still went out there and shot a lot under par. But you saw it with the guys that weren't clicking on all cylinders. You saw some – big numbers going on the board which you you're typically not seeing a whole lot of yep he has moved to number four in the official world golf rankings i mean he is i don't i don't i don't think it's fair for us to say he's a superstar in the making i think he already is a yeah, superstar we can eliminate the in the making yeah. right now he's played 41 events on the pga tour four wins and i believe it was who was it jt rory and jordan spieth won four times combined after all three of those guys had played 41 events on the pga tour so those guys weren't slow starters, you know what I mean? And he's already he's he's already got four out of forty one. I mean that's un and big tournaments too, a major and a WGC now. Well, sure. our, yep. So it's going to be really cool to see what he can do. But our guest this week is a guy that plays golf a little different than Colin Morikawa does. He kind of has full throttles. I mean, it's it's all gas, no break for our man Jamie Sidlowski, who joined us here in the studio. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a you'll, as you'll see, he's a super fun guy to hang out with. He's a Canadian. I think he uh, wears that on his sleeve. He's one of the best guys around. But like, you, you probably get asked the question too, people like, who's the most impressive guy you ever seen, or who's the best player you ever played with? Like, we, we've gotten to play with some of the best guys in the world, and we've seen it. But like, you haven't until you've seen Jamie, Jamie Sadlowski hit a golf ball, like you don't even know that what he does is possible. Like it just comes off with a different sound. It's so far away, so quick. It's just a joke. Cause when you look at him, I mean, he's, he's 5'10", 165 pounds. He's strong, but he's small, but it's just, it comes off the face. Like, I mean, nothing, legitimately nothing you've ever seen. Pound for pound, longest hitter in the building, pound for pound, shortest hitter in the building. We it's, check them it's, both. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get to Jamie Sadlowski, a word from our official sponsor, Rock Form. Sleaze, we both have used these amazing speakers. I rave about them. I love the magnet. You cannot knock this thing off your golf cart. You're never going to lose it no matter what you run over. And also the battery life. That's the thing I tell everyone. You got to go get a rock form because the battery life. Because how many times do you leave it in your golf bag, you, you forget to go home and charge it? Every time. All the time. Every time. Well, this one has 24 hours of battery life. I mean, it lasts up to six rounds of golf. It's so nice that you don't have to worry about charging that thing every night. Dude, I used this thing at the Twin Fin earlier in January with Andres Gonzalez. I charged it up the night before. I was like, don't worry. I got the music. I brought it out there. It's a three-day event with the practice round. Each night, you know, we're out there having a good time, getting amongst it a little bit. I forget to bring it home, of course. Left it in my golf bag. Never once had to charge it. Used it all three days throughout the entire tournament. And then left it in my bag and went out and played the following week. And turned. I was like, oh, let's just see if this thing works. And it still worked. I mean, dude, you can use it for forever until you realize that you need to charge it again. Yeah, you can spill your cocktails all over it. It's waterproof. Transfusion proof. Yep, no doubt. You got to go get one. Go to rockform.com. That's R-O-K-F-O-R-M.com. Enter code SUBPAR for 25% off. Get amongst it with Rockform, the best speakers in the business. All right, here he is, Jamie Sedlowski on Golf Subpar. All right, we got an absolute physical freak in the house today. I'm not talking about me or Colt. Pound for pound, the longest driver to ever hit a golf ball. Two-time world long drive champion. Jamie Sadlowski, how the hell are you, fella? Doing well, fellas. Wow. Thanks pound for, for pound me. longest, pound for pound shortest. What a show this <laughs> is going to be. This <laughs> is it. Scramble team. Oh, a yes, of, exactly. Yeah. A couple of record Ooh. setters. If you ever need me for a scramble, I'm a Two-man scrambles, man. Sounds like, incredible. I want to get out of the cart until we get to the green. No problem. I love it. Well, this is going to be very, very exciting. We're so happy. We've been, we've been trying to do this for a while. Now we finally got it. You're here in Scottsdale. How's everything been going? It's good. It's good to be out of Canada. Obviously, with the weather and the pandemic and lockdowns and whatnot, so it's nice to come to a little bit of reality. There's people actually living their lives. So Yeah, so you were scheduled to play on the Canadian Tour last year before all this 
All hell broke loose. Yeah. So last year I didn't even get a chance to play Q school. Uh, I was in March. Um, and then, yeah, they, they kept postponing, postponing. I was down here and then finally went home mid-March. And then they ended up canceling tour school not long after that and canceling the year. So it's been kind of a year of doing a whole lot of nothing. What do you do when they cancel? Like that's where you're planning on playing all summer and then that goes away. What have you been doing yeah. to like stay sharp? Well, I mean, last year, like if you didn't have uh, PJ tour status, corn fairy status, you weren't playing anywhere. Um, they try to throw some events throughout the year, but it wasn't anything really going on. And since like 2003, I hadn't taken a break, you know, playing junior hockey and then, you know, right in the long drive, I never had any time off. So last summer was just like rest the body, had some shoulder issues, took care of that. Um, and then I played up in Canada, just messed around with the buddies, played a lot of four man scrambles. I pretty much tripled, mm. tripled my Canadian tour money in the first two months. <laughs> oh, man. You gotta be the most highly coveted scramble oh, player on planet earth. I tell you what, my phone was buzzing all summer, which is nice. That is awesome. I love and that. And they well, pay in cash. Yes. Cash is a nice thing. Cash is good. Well, let's go back to the beginning because obviously growing up in Canada, you played a lot of hockey. Yeah. Not sure when golf came about, but we'll get into that. But growing up was, was the NHL the dream? I don't know if the NHL was a dream, but I mean, being from Northern Alberta, I mean, I was literally on skates by two years old. So it's all we knew. Uh, we had a rink in the backyard and I mean, 40 below out. Here we rink go. In the backyard. Yeah. My 40 dad below. That's it. Can't do it anymore. Good skating weather. Yeah. It's not good skating weather now, but being kind of a Scottsdale resident now, that doesn't really vibe too well. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, it was always um, hockey in the winter, golf in the summer, but obviously with a short season, but Hockey was probably the main focus. I love golf. No one in my family played, so it was something I just did by myself. So it was golf at a very early age? Yeah, like I picked up a club. I was probably four or five years okay, old. Yeah. I lived by a field, and I would just go bang balls back and forth all day. And then um, kind of by fluke is how really my whole life has been. So this field, there was a, it was like, I don't know, 120, 150 yards, and I was banging balls. And every summer I'd get a little longer, and I'd start hitting houses and the greenskeeper had a house on the end of the corner. I started hitting the top of his shingles and he's like, man, you can't be doing this anymore. So he's the one that took me over, kind of gave me rights to practice. I'd go get in the picker, shag balls all day and hit balls for free and just kind of taught myself how to play golf. That's awesome. When did you realize you were hitting houses at age? What age was that when you were hitting the dude's house? I mean, probably five, six years old, oh, okay. but always kind of <laughs> yeah, having like normal shit. It, like one thing with me is like, everything is full tilt. Like, everything's done with speed it doesn't matter like if i'm gonna throw you a ball and you're standing at that door like i'm gonna rip this ball at you because that's just who i am well, and i'm never gonna try to catch a, ball that's a true ever. canadian yeah. it's just you know full full throttle but yeah i think like from i remember being seven years old hitting balls on the range and people are coming to watch i'm like what the hell's yeah. going on and one thing that i did was i played cross-handed till i was probably 12 years old and when I made the switch to conventional grip is when I started hammering. I remember there was like a hill at 200 yards on this range. And one day, the like, greenskeeper comes over. He's like, man, you get this isn't right. Like, either you're a lefty or we got to do something. So switch my hands. And I could always get it top to the top of the hill. It was about 200 yards. And switch hands, like, go back the next week and ball's carrying over. And then the fence is at 250 and the ball's carrying over the fence. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. And yeah, just kind of, but self-taught, like had no idea what I'm doing. At what age did you ever start getting, or did you ever get start getting an instruction? Never had any yeah. until 2016. Wow. That's nice. And so one, you, I mean, you're, you're a world long drive champion and you yeah. never had anyone help you with your golf swing. You know, and like when I signed my agent, like 2007, he told me, he goes, 
the only time you'll ever analyze your golf swing is when you see it on ESPN Christmas Eve and it's a one hour clip and that's the only thing you're ever going to see. If I didn't see my golf swing, the years that I won, I seen it on TV. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew it was pretty damn good. Obviously, I knew it was efficient yeah. enough to hit it 430 yards, but like I, I had no knowledge of anything. But you were still good at like I played with you before, you know, when you were still competing in world, and you were a good golfer. Like so, you, yeah. you could chip, you could putt, you could do things that you wouldn't expect a world long drive guy to do. You just did, you picked up all that. Yeah, just I think just having the ability to play multi sports. I wasn't just a golfer. I wasn't just a hockey player. You know, I was good at badminton. I was good at other stuff. Good at running. So, just having the hand eye coordination and playing cross handed. You ever do like it's hard to hit a ball, and I yeah. could hit a golf ball two hundred. Like to this day, I still hit a driver 300 yards cross handed, no problem. So, of just no problem. <laughs> just those yeah. attributes that I got as a young kid, not knowing what I was doing, obviously, you know, created speed, created power that no idea. Did you that, start? Sorry, no, go ahead. That just blows my mind that you never had any instruction or anything. Never. And you're one of the longest drivers on the planet. Yeah. All natural. See, I wasted all that money and time with I all know. this instruction, and now you I'm one of the shortest guys. You're probably natty. fucking bombs yep. if you never <laughs> saw any teachers. <laughs> you're still teachable. Randy Smith, your fault. Way to yeah. go, Randy. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Did you play cross-handed because you were left-handed, right? Did you, and there weren't any left-handed yeah, like, clubs? Or what? My dad had me an old power-built driver and like a four-iron, oh, yeah. a seven-iron, and a wedge, and that's all I had, and I probably should have been a lefty. But just cross-handed felt natural, and I couldn't get left-handed. Were clubs. you left-handed hockey? Yeah, slap shot, right? Like, you, yeah, one hundred five. I was told. Yeah, I can on the shoot gun. One hundred five. One hundred five on a slap shot. Yeah, I can move. Daniel Chara. Good yeah. God, look out! Yeah, he's, he's I probably bigger, shoot man. harder than Kami, actually. Oh, no kind of had a muffin. <laughs> muffin. <laughs> I love that. We'll get into some more hockey for sure. Um, but one thing I was going to ask is, what age did you start? Because I heard at sixteen. You possibly hit one over 400. Is that true? Yeah. So, I mean, it was probably like, so when I, my first qualifier for long drive was in 2003. Well, stop right there. Say, why did you start the long drive thing? Just because. Fluke. My actually, yeah, total fluke. I mean, to this day, I swear if I wasn't there to watch my brother-in-law compete, he, I mean, he was a baseball player, a big guy, hit it a mile and I went with him. He was qualifying at a district in near Edmonton and I just we were gonna go play golf after I had my sticks and we show up, he hits some, and then there's a junior category and the guy running the event for Remax was played hockey with my dad. And he's like, We got a junior category, like get your driver, hit a few. I'm like, Okay. Go get the old nine eighty three K, eight degree out, bang a few, hit it like three seventy five. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> one by one by a lot. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's pretty good. So couple months later is uh the district and the kid that finished second in the world that year i hit against him i'm like jeez kind of tough luck got some equipment built ended up beating him went to worlds and it's kind of how it started just total just a fluke thing you oh, that was a tough up. journey total fluke and i'm like man this is easy i'm like yeah. i don't even know what i'm doing didn't have the right equipment no idea just stepped up hit it 375 didn't know if that was good or not felt pretty good uh it was good yeah and then yeah so one thing led to another and then i went down to worlds that year and i think i finished like fourth out of eight went back finished third and then i won back to back years oh five oh six that's the uh, that was the junior that was the junior stuff yeah. yeah Jesus, just stepped up, hit it 375 first. Yeah, hour never out. had a lesson or anything. Didn't need that bullshit. I kind of figured something was going on though, because I'd call the Titleist rep like three times that year because I've caved three drivers in. And he goes like, "What are you doing, hitting rocks?" I'm like, "No, I'm just I play golf every day. I hit a lot of balls, but like I'm not doing anything I shouldn't be doing. Just 
So after that junior, the deal that you want, was that when you were first time were like, yo, I get like, this might be a real thing, like a career. Uh, it would have been in like 2006. So I won worlds at trophy club. You've played trophy yeah. club that mm-hmm. first hole or 10th hole, whichever it is. It's the dog leg par five that night, the remax balloon. They always, anyone that's watched it sees that big remax balloon out there. And I like three hopped it off that balloon and it's at like 427. Yeah. It's a three hopper. Yeah. That was pretty good. One by a lot. That got me a spot into the world championship in the open division. And I finished like top 24, which was kind of considered making the finals. And I beat out like Carl Walter, former world long drive champion, beast. And I beat out a lot of big names. I'm like, this doesn't really yeah. seem that hard. Made a little bit of money. And then 2007. And I was still playing. Like I'm still training for hockey, like playing hockey. Like I'd leave camp banged up. 07, two broken fingers, taped them together, couldn't hold a club, finished third in the world that year, made 30 grand. And like, I'm playing hockey in a small town. I'm driving my mom's Ford Windstar minivan, party wagon. Sick. We're like humming down the highway, (laughs) chucking beer bottles because both doors open. And I win 30 grand. I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. Buy myself a vehicle, play the the whole year of hockey that year, get, you know, hard on the body. And then that, that, spring i was training obviously and doing everything i needed to do and i'd call my coach i'm like hey man here's the deal i'm in good shape i'm not coming to camp this year i was a captain the previous year i'm like you know what i can do i'm not coming to camp i'm going to worlds and i'm not going to be hurt win a quarter million seemed pretty easy yeah. call him i'm like no more, no more <laughs> see I'm you later yeah. bud i'm actually not coming back yeah. ever. Tell, but like <laughs> you, you win the the juniors and then you go compete against in the in the regular division I don't know if any of those guys had ever seen you before, but you're not the biggest dude no. on the planet, 5'10", 160-ish, yeah. somewhere around there. Like, when you walk on the range, I mean, all these muscle freaks, did they kind of look at you and be like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, I remember we took a photo for the top 24 that year, and there's a guy that's six foot seven, three hundo, and I'm standing Dobbins. next to him. Yeah, Mike Dobbins. Yeah, I know. And I look Great. like a baby. <laughs> His kid. <laughs> like, Son. I look like I don't belong, and everyone's big. And I think, I like, I honestly feel that changes sport a lot. Because from then on, like, you've seen guys that were normal-sized humans, more of them, but with better golf swings that could create speed from technique and not just being a big muscle-bound guy. But, I mean, that I can't tell you. I have I made nine straight finals, and I have every picture on my wall in the basement, and there's one guy that yeah. doesn't belong. One of these things and is not like the others. Yeah, it just it didn't make sense. <laughs> that's so but, cool, though. Like, Oh, it's, a, it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, but so Bryson right now, he's the guy, like, pushing all this distance. His big deal, like, he'll put it out on Instagram if he can hit 130-mile-an-hour club head speed. Like, that's a big deal. But most of the long guys are in 120s on the PJ Tour. Yeah. When you're winning these things, what was your club head speed? Uh, so 2015 was my last year that fall. Like I averaged probably close to 150 miles an hour, 220, 223 miles an hour. Yeah. So Neat. for a little guy, I can move it pretty good. Yeah. Just an extra 20, 20 plus, <laughs> 25 basically miles yeah. an hour more than like the top guys on the PGA tour, yeah. which is the equivalent of them. Like you, them to you would be like them to a guy that swings at a hundred. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah. It's hundo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hundo. Smooth uh, hundo though. Smooth wedge out there but today. You, you mentioned <laughs> your training earlier. Take us through like a day of training when you were competing for world long drive. Yeah, one thing I never did was over practice. I mean, it's so hard on your body swinging, you know, not being a big guy, 40 inch club, heavy club. Like I never, I never hit too many balls. You know, I would work on strength, obviously, but 
I always found like when I competed, I was 165 pounds. When I showed up at Worlds, it didn't matter if it was 2006 or 2015. Like I was 165 pounds. I was heavier at times and I wasn't as fast. But for me, it was just all about, you know, getting the club way past parallel and being flexible and, and as strong as like, like I say, I, I, I think like my strength is a little bit underrated. Like I can deadlift 500 pounds. Looking at this frame doesn't really seem achievable, but I think just the fast twitch fibers being athletic is, is a huge key to that. And I was never a guy that was going to show up, you know, changing my body like Bryson has. To me, that wasn't an advantage. To me, that just creates injuries and more problems. Um, but technique, I'd work on technique. But these guys now, I watch them, they're hitting 500 drivers a day. That is yeah. not good. Like, that's how you have a short career, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's what Bryson said when he took that four-week break. He's like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to hit 20,000 drivers. And yeah, and everyone's different. And that was never my MO. Not to say it was right or wrong, but it just wasn't who I am. Like, I would, leading up to Worlds, I would take a month off and literally just do nothing. Because I was doing 70 corporate outings, and literally at end of every show, I'd hit 12 drivers with the 48-inch driver, and that was it. That was, I seen the ball flight, look good, no problem, good to go. But you told me, I think, once, and correct me if I'm wrong, you would do, for like a part of your workout, was two hours on the Stairmaster. Yeah, there was a time where I was really crushing the cardio. Jesus. Hindsight's hindsight 2020, so maybe that wasn't the greatest thing. Just trying to be lean, you know, show up at 160. You're like, look at this skinny guy. Mm. But, yeah, it probably wasn't the best training. But I, I would sit on there for an hour just because I was bored. What other stuff do you do, like, to, for speed training? Since you weren't trying to bulk up and gain a bunch of weight, what are you doing to try to get faster other than Stairmaster? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. From, like, 2003 to 2015, I didn't do much speed training. It was just kind of honestly, it's like teaching a pitcher to throw at 105 miles an hour. It's either he's got it or he doesn't. Yeah. You can squeeze a few miles an hour here or there. But to, in my opinion, you either have it or you don't. Maybe Bryson's proving me wrong, but he's changed his body immensely. And is that going to be something that's going to last 10 years, 15 years? Like your tendons, your muscles. To me, if I bulked up at 190 pounds, my frame can't handle it. Bone structure, all that stuff. To me, you just you're bringing in so many other elements that I wasn't interested in doing. But you know, I, I worked out hard and lifted some weights. I did like a lot of Olympic lifts and stuff like that. Obviously, try to prevent injury. The way I train now is I'm not necessarily trying to get faster, just prevent injuries. You know, be stable, strong enough to yeah. swing. Who was the guy like that you looked up to in World Long Drive? Who was the first guy you when you first met him? You were kind of like in awe, maybe. Uh, Jason Zubak, obviously, yeah, figured, yeah. fellow Canadian, five-time world champion. And he's not that tall, right? No, he's but probably he's, he's like 5'8", but he is strong. He's like, like a linebacker. I remember the first time I met him, he was hitting balls at the Casablanca Range in Mesquite, where our world championship was. And he had a cooler of food there. And I'm hitting balls, and I'm like, hey, man, could I like get a picture with you? No problem. And I look over, and he's got like asparagus and stuff in there. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's what it takes. I'm not sure if I'm interested in that, but like he was the ultimate, like did everything the right way. That's why he's got five of them. But I think mentally that guy was just so much better than everybody. He kind of reminds me of Tiger in the sense that when he showed up, he may not have been the fastest guy, but the mental state that that guy got into, man, you couldn't That's invade cool. his yeah. space. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to watch for those years. And then I think the last time he won was like 06 and I was there for that. And that was pretty, pretty darn cool to see it 
yeah. happen live. And I learned a lot from him. He helped me out a lot. He when was I was playing league. in Canada, he was on one of the Pro-Am days. I think it was a Pro-Am tournament up there. Um, he hit, he teed off on a par four and teed off with a driver, or sorry, with a putter. Yeah. And like drove the green. I remember standing next to him and yeah. veins popping out of his shoe. I mean, just looked like a straight He's unit. unit. Yeah. And, you know, that like long drive from those early days, like guys were huge. And then I think when I came on scene, it was more like, it's polish up technique and, but it was brute strength back in those days. That's what they did. I mean, they lifted and like, you don't want to go on the gym with that guy. Yeah. You feel very insufficient. Well, first off, I feel very insufficient anytime <laughs> yeah. I step in the gym. Get into that, you just don't want to go in yeah. the gym. And normally yeah. I'm lost yeah. when I end up in the gym. Anyway, right. I made a wrong turn. <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned the corporate outings earlier. Yeah. You did 70 a year, whatever it was. I mean, is that something that, like towards the end of the year, like, I can't believe I got to do this again? It's honestly like it, I made such a great living, fortunate yeah. to do it. But you, you've done pro-ams, you've done the corporate stuff. Like that, I think that was the number one thing that kind of pushed me to trying to play professionally because you kind of feel like a puppet in the sense that when you show up, they're like, what's your longest drive? Like I could literally have three cue cards in my pocket. And before I even ask them, I'm like, is this right? Yeah. This one? Yeah. Can you chip and putt? And I'm like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> but obviously, you know, it's guaranteed money you show yeah. up, make people feel great. It was fun for the time being, but sitting on a par four or par five all day, I think that was the worst thing. I remember I, I was, I think I was working for Dick Sporting Goods then, and Bob Tway shows up, and I was, it was out in like New York uh, at their one of their tournaments, and he's like, "You got to be here all day." He goes, and I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "It's hard to hit it on that green." I'm like, "Yeah, it's a three sixty cover, and I got to hit it on the green, otherwise they're not leaving." Yeah. And he's like, "Do you know there's two waves?" Oh, and I was God. like, no, he's like, oh. have a good day. And I'm like, <laughs> see you later. All right. Have a good day, Bob. Play nine and go for yeah. lunch. Good. I'm like, that sounds pretty good. But yeah, it was taxing. I mean, it was. And I, one thing I wanted to do is I, I wanted to try to play golf before I killed myself or something went flying off. Yeah. And that didn't help, obviously. But, you know, I think the contacts I made, I got starts on the web mm -hmm. or Corn Ferry because of it. Jeff Sanders, great guy, Boise, yeah. Idaho. I did some stuff with him and Daly one year at their tournament. It opened a lot of doors, and I met a lot of great people. But, yeah, it was it was difficult. I love the World Championship because it was one week of the year that I prepped for. And having great success there, and, the, and everything that went into it was great. But the corporate outings, it was it was, it was was tough. Is is that kind of – I mean, you said that's one of the reasons that pushed you away. What was, what was the other reason? Is it just because you wanted to play professional golf at some point? Yeah, I think I needed a change, you know, like – uh, you know, I was fortunate to win two world championships being in the finals nine straight years, probably could have won five or six. I beat myself a few times and like it's that world championship is such a fine line. Like it's the difference between me making birdie on 18 and you making a par and you losing mm -hmm. like it is so fragile. Um, but yeah, I think just there were some opportunities to play overseas a little bit, play in Australia, see some different parts of the world, you know, pack a suitcase for a week instead of one day and you're on a red eye. Um, the travel was pretty tough, but yeah, I think a big part was just a new challenge. I needed something different. It was just like, I was kind of like going through the motions of, you know, you catch the first flight out to do the outing the next day, you do the outing all day, you get out that night and here we go again, you know, just got kind of, kind of repetitive. Yeah. And, and now that, now that you're a handful of years into playing professionally, you happy you made that decision? Are you happy now going out and competing, playing pro golf? Yeah, I think, you know, getting my feet in the water a bit with, you know, the golf courses that I've played haven't been great. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've played Boise twice. I've made the cut there. I've played Bogota. Bogota. You ever played Bogota? Yeah. Like, that's a tight, 
Yeah. Son of a bitch. That first hole is six yards wide. Man, I step on there and I got a six iron in my hands. I'm like, don't pull it. Don't yeah. pull it because that OB is right there. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, I think, well, I made three or four cuts on the web or Corn Ferry Tour and I'm like, I knew it wasn't that easy, but I had no idea what I was doing. Like my agent's on the bag. He goes, what do you want to do here? Hit driver on one at Bogota. And I'm, I look at him. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to feather <laughs> yeah. like a six, a six iron, iron down yeah. there. Yeah. Cause I'd like to hit the next one, not for four, yeah. you know? Um, but pl- I, you know, one thing that was a little bit of motivation is not playing great golf courses for me. Like I remember Bo- like Boise, I, I maybe hit two drivers on the yeah. back-to-back par fives. And that was it. Like you I played need, you the golf. Didn't need to do it there either. No, not yeah, really, yeah. because you got to cut it and yeah. do whatever. But like I played those golf courses from where you played them and where everyone else played them, and I played okay. Like made cuts and played the weekend and and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, obviously it was it's been and, a challenge. Yeah, and you got a tour start. You play at Colonial. I mean, arguably maybe Oof, minus yeah. Harbor Town, the other worst place you could possibly. Yeah. play. It's like you haven't gotten a shot at a play like a Tory or something where you could just let it go. Let it go. Yeah. And I remember like I remember when I got the spot at Colonial, I went down with Art and we played. And I played it like two weeks before and shot like sixty five. I'm like, this place is okay. And then tournament week roughs up, greens are firm. You got to be in position kind of like rib like it's all about angles and like pins are a little different pins are like that's what people don't get like people just you know playing at whisper rock on a monday versus playing like not the battle of attrition to that but like it's much different like the greens last week at whisper rock were as firm as i've ever seen and like i'm watching guys hit wedges and they're bouncing over the green Mm -hmm. so people all weekend pins yeah. like yeah, the pro-am i mean they throw them 15 off the front 15 from the left it's like yeah, dude this is a totally different ball game. oh man like it's just so different people don't understand that aspect of when these totally. guys are firing at flags on the weekend there's not much room they're shooting 20 under with pins three and four from the edge on every hole that's it's a big a little, difference a little different take me through like how the nerves compare Finals of the world long drive versus the first tee of a PGA Tour event or Corn Ferry Tour event. It, it very different for the fact that when I step on the tee at the world long drive championships, I've got six nuggets looking at me. <laughs> and I need one of those bad boys. Yeah. I just need one. Yeah. And I like the first set of six, there's three balls. I kind of separate. I'm like, these three need to go in. These three are for broke. Yeah. That's how I structured it. But yeah, stepping on the first tee at Colonial, I've standing there. I'm going like. What'd Ooh. you hit off one at Colonial? Uh, I hit driver yeah that's one of the few holes yeah. that you could do it yeah you, i would imagine too though world long drive you're like i'm one of the baddest and you're like no i'm gonna hit this thing yeah and and if i do hit it i mean they're they're in trouble yeah on the pj tour it's like okay i'm kind of the new guy here yeah it, i mean it's it's such a different mentality and i think like coming from a background of no college golf mm-hmm. playing like a couple of decent sized junior events and then that's it yeah like having to play four days, like the mentality, like I, like in long drive, it was totally get up for two minutes and 45 seconds, get your adrenaline through the roof. And when that sets over, you're done. You go back to the range, you sit down for an hour and then you get back up again. Where in golf, like you step on that first tee and you're like flat line. Here we yeah. go. Hit you're a, trying to chill out. Yeah, you hit a bad tee shot and your heart rate spikes and you're like, oh shit, here we go. Do you drink a bunch of Red Bulls? Yeah, like what do you do to get hyped get, up before hyped for up. a long drive? Uh, I didn't drink much Red Bull because mm. as the day went That's on, a you kind of start, <laughs> start getting world a little like, Listen, bud, I could add you a six of them. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of music, but I don't know. Oh, that's a great question. What, what kind of music? Yeah, let's, yeah let's, what let's were we going with? A lot of skillet, skillets, oh. a lot of 
Eminem back in the day stuff to okay. get you up. Like it was not no country music. We're going now to, I'm hitting balls on range. Got a little yeah. slow. Bob vibe. Marley. Yeah. Bob Marley. Slow it down. Transition. Soften it. But yeah, I think that's one of the biggest differences. Like the only two similarities that I can take from long drive and professional golf is you have a golf club in your hand. Mm-hmm. Like I would show okay. up at the world long drive championship. I have 16 drivers in my bag yeah. and I have Just a wedge that I warmed up with. Yeah. Now I've got like, I got 14 golf clubs and they all have a purpose and they'll have different shots, you know? So it's, it's a much different deal. And just the, you gotta be so like into it. Like I don't have the best mindset for like being calm for six hours. Slow play just bothers the shit out of me. (laughs) And that's one thing like you have to learn out there. Like my first year on the Canadian tour, like I remember laying in fairways yeah. and I want to chop this guy's head off because <laughs> he's standing over it and he's got his putter and he's down. And I'm like, three minutes later, I'm like, man, I would have hit this shot seven times yep. over. Yep. And well, welcome pitiful. to the, the jicks. Well, yeah. that, I get it. But speaking of Canada though, is that like, I played up there a number of years. That's gotta be in my opinion from where I've played arguably the worst tour for you being that like, there aren't oh. even, you don't even have the option to hit driver on most of those golf courses. Does that suck for you when you got to play from the same spot as yeah. me and you can't do what you do? It does. I mean, the first three events are rough. Like we play Vancouver, Victoria, Victoria I mean, is tight. It's pure. It's but sweet, it's tight. but you can't hit it anywhere. It's a driver, one driver, um, Kelowna, couple drivers. And then, once we go east, east coast, actually they threw an event in Alberta and Lethbridge that I play well at because I can turn it loose and there's some room. But when we go out east, there's there's like, I would say from year one to year three, like there's probably three or four golf courses that you could bang it around. But the first three or four, when the reshuffle happens after four, you better you better figure it out. If but, you can bang it around, how many drivers is that around? Oh, man. Banging around for me like on that is tour that is probably like five or six. You that's, know, that's banging it around yeah, five, or, yeah. five or six. And that's like pushing it. Like that's, that's a stretch. Cause even at whisper rock, like, yeah, like, look at, like if I play the upper golf course, like I'm going to hit it on five and I got to take a goofy angle over the bunkers yeah, and draw And then it gets yeah. narrower. And then I'll hit it on nine. I got to cut it 60 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not feeling sorry for you. Just yeah, so you I know. know there's no pity around. <laughs> yeah. Here, but dude, it's just like cry me yeah. a fucking river. When you know? got to send it over the shit on every T ball. Yeah. yeah. It's a little weary. Hey, it's better to send it over it than have to send it around it. Like, yeah, that's threading true. it between yeah. the fairway threading bunkers. Yeah. But let me ask you this because I, I talked to Art Salinger last night and we yeah. were talking about like what you needed to improve to be successful in pro golf. And he rattled off a couple stats from some tournaments for me. Oh, good. Okay. New <laughs> South Wales go. Open. Oh. <laughs> you missed the cut, but you made 14 birdies and two eagles. Okay. So we got a lot of offense. Yeah. Okay. There was a it's Canadian good. event. He couldn't remember the name, but you made 24 birdies. Two eagles, so we're twenty-eight under. That's <laughs> solid. That's good. Twenty-six over the weekend. Yeah, you did. You shot, ended up shooting ten under for the week, and you lost by five. So you played the other holes at eighteen over. Yeah. So mm. obviously, there's a lot of offense there. Yeah, we go on offense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, making birdies has never been a problem. I think it's just limiting the damage. Yeah. And one thing I want to get better at was obviously inside 150 yards because I'm faced with that a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's just missing on the right side of the hole, having command with the wedges and stuff like that. What's what's 150? Is that a gap wedge? So, yeah, it's probably it's either a hard gap wedge or a little fillet pitching yeah, I wedge. Get it, dude. Yeah, same shit. But I mean, 14 birdies and two eagles and that's in 2 days. I mean, that's that sounds like a good week for that most guys. That was chucking pretty good. Yeah. I had I had one that was New South Wales Open yeah. and I had one catastrophe on a par 4. <laughs> I mean, I had to it wasn't a driver and my caddy's Malaysian and he's like go to the hole and I'm like 
<laughs> That's go good advice, hole. dude. Go to the hole? Like, you That's want me to hit it on the green? He goes, yeah, go to the hole. 400. I'm like, no problem. <laughs> Poof, snap hook in the shit. I'm like, now what? He goes, go to the go hole. To the go hole. To the hole. <laughs> snap hook in the shit. I'm like, God, make nine. Make a great par for nine. Or made a like a 30-footer for nine. And then I played good from there, but that that one left a mark. I mean, five. That was the difference between. Other than that hole, which was the one disaster. When you're making the big numbers, like, is it off the tee? Because you're not hitting that many drivers. Is it off the tee? Is it something else? Uh yeah. I mean, I think it's just trying to be over aggressive, you know. And people are standing around. They're like, "Come on, hit it!" Yeah, Yeah. I've learned to not dance, monkey. Bother anymore because I'm like, man, you're not the one that's got to sign this card at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, maybe the first year there was a little bit of that. But I think it's just the experience of knowing how to golf your ball. You know, you gotta you gotta put the ball like not every pin is a green light special. I I had very this, few. You know, we, we had this conversation <laughs> on a podcast this morning. Like if you if you sat down with the statisticians that all these PJ Tour guys have now, you would be shocked at how many pins are not. Like yep. they broke down a, when I was playing in 2016. Like you you birdie one out of every three greens you hit, and so hit basically, that green. yeah. So yeah. basically, they told me they're like, listen, Stamp anything. It. More than eight iron, which is pretty much every hole. Do not look at the pin. Just give right. yourself a putt. Just yeah. And I'm like, you're telling me if I have 180, which is a perfect six iron, I can't go with that pin. They're like, no. And I'm like, well, this isn't that fun. Well, yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, when you sign your card and you played poorly and you're two or two yeah. to four under because yeah. you got the par fives, yeah. it's all good. But yeah, like I've been listening to that decade golf a bit mm-hmm. and how he breaks down stats and everything. And I guess I, I. Didn't ever think of it that way. I kind of thought I did. But when I look at statistics and what it – like, literally, if I just take care of the par fives well, over four days – You should be – Yeah. yeah. You're 16 you got no problem. Yes. You should be good. You know? But is it hard for you being that, like, you have this superpower that nobody else in the world can have? But if you elect to be like, I'm going to play safe and hit three on. Now you're playing every other two pro from the exact same spot. Yeah. Your advantage is gone. So it's like you, Superman doesn't take the bus. You know, if you can fly, you fly. Is it hard to pull it back? I think it's more prevalent now. Like, when you, when you see what Bryson is doing, because I know, like, when I first started working with someone, like, it was, it was kind of more so, let's be safe. Let's not hit it so far. Let's get the yeah. ball in play, which is great. And there's golf courses that I believe you do have to play that way. But I, I don't want to play where you well, play. I t- I've told people for years. <laughs> like, I, I just said, if, don't. I play, if you play from where I do, I'm going to beat you. There's no question. Yeah. But you have to understand that and you have to think, like, that's okay. And there's going to be holes where, yeah, you got to play that way. But if there's a par five that you can let it go, you better hit a good shot because mm-hmm. that is your advantage. Totally. So the focus of picking a good target, picking a good line, you got to send it over the shit and draw it back or cut it off something. You got to step up and hit that shot. It's a difference between. I mean, it's risky, but that's that's where you're. But that's what you. Yeah. That's what yeah. you do better than anyone. I'm so, not, are you hitting more dogs than you did when you first started? Because playing at Whisprock, and Whisprock's not the best example because there's not a lot of holes that even have enough yeah. room for you. But you played. You, you and I, you would hit your iron right to where I'd hit my driver, and then we'd be playing, playing straight the, same, the game same game from then. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm hitting a little less in, but I'm still playing to your game. I'm not playing my game. And one thing that I've spent a lot of time on this year is me and Bob Tway, who I'm working with a little bit, we'll go out there. And I'll hit driver on every hole but the par threes. And he's like, you need to feel uncomfortable here before you can feel comfortable up there and pull that shot off and know I that agree, yeah. when you step on that tee, you're not looking there and looking there going like, I can't hit it there or I can't hit it there. It's like you see that target and you hit it at that target. And you, you send it, yeah. You have to play that way. Yeah. Because there's going to be uncomfortable drives. There's no question. Everywhere. I mean, you know, you get a you get a bang in left to right win. That's an uncomfortable win. Totally. But you got to be able to hit a draw and hold it up against that win. You know? I got into a, a kind of a, you know, I wanted to hit driver, but I didn't want to hit it. So I'd hit down on it 
and and yeah, it's still hit it by everybody. It's not a good golf shot. Yeah. So there, it calls for that, but I mean, there are times. There are times shot. for that, but like. Yeah. Out there right now, like if you're, just, it's a normal drive. You're not trying to send it. It's just like, hey, th there's enough room for me here. What are, you were swinging at 150 when you were winning world long drives. What are you if you're playing a golf tournament? Playing golf right now, like I'll swing between 135, 138, and that's just that's comfortable. Yeah, that's comfortable. cruising. That's comfortable. Cruising speed. That's cruising altitude. Yeah. You know, it's like yesterday we played Hump Day. Nice, nice. D I heard there about. Yesterday. I heard about one of the. Yeah, sorry about that win. Yeah. Anyways, Flip me squeeze by that in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but like on five, I don't like that tee shot. At all, but I f hit a good tee shot and I flip a sandwich in there and made three. Yeah, that's I heard the that. difference. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, the re I mean, if you pull it off, the reward's it's, huge. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but, but if you don't, it's a problem. But I guess you put the work in to know you can hit that shot mm -hmm. and not be scared of it. And getting more comfortable with that, I mean, it's a huge advantage. Yeah. And the golf courses like Q School at Wigwam, I love that place mm -hmm. because I can let it go and I know where to miss it. And you know, there's room. It's not your typical desert course. But when you get to a you know a tighter golf course, I can't play where everyone yeah. else plays, and I gotta accept that. Yeah, and and just for the people at home that are listening to like understand a little bit, like you being a degree off versus me being a degree off, I mean, is could be sixty yards offline. I mean, okay, so you catch one off the toe. Mm -hmm. You're in the left side of the fairway. <laughs> I catch yeah. one off the toe. I'm in Sammy's backyard yeah. at a barbecue. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You like, know what yeah. I mean? We can be the same amount of yeah. off, but it's just at the speed you're going. I mean, you swing at 30 miles an hour faster than me minimum. Yeah. I mean, it, there's no room for error. Yeah, your one degree is my 10 or 12 exactly. degrees. Exactly. So there's a – but that's why you put the work in. That's why yeah. you get – If I was 10 degrees off at 103 miles an hour, I'd be you're in the on a rock. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot less room for error, but – Shit, man, that's that's. But that's the, the game. I mean, but yeah, that's, that's the, the game. That's I a live. benefit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the way I make money is I hit every single fairway. Exactly. Exactly. But one, it, you mentioned. No, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say you mentioned Bob Tway earlier, a guy that's been helping you. Yeah. I'm not sure if this other guy helps you or hurts you, but you've cool. created quite the relationship with Gary McCord. Probably a hindrance. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, has he helped you or has he hurt your game more? Uh, yeah, you know what? He's he's helped me a lot. Um, like you've played short game at 72 years old is pretty still. He's like, only 72. Yeah, he's aged poorly. I would. He's say. like a dog. He ages yeah. like a dog. Yeah, so he's about 149. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's helped me a lot, and uh, you know, he's come. Like I played some jickies around here. He's caddy for you a bunch he's of times. He's caddy for yeah. me. Uh, U.S. Open sectional event, and I think one thing that I learned from him is he he'll push me. You know, he he'll give me confidence to be he, he, like we're playing a jicky at Wigwam. Yeah, I know the story. Ago. Yeah. And I'm on the 15th hole. I got like a two-shot lead, three-day tournament. We're riding in carts for Christ's sake. Like, it's a jick. It's a jick. It's a full-blown you know, chick. You know, yeah, I get it. You don't even iron your carts shirt for Carts are for the, re the real yeah. deal, bud. But yeah. I'm on the 15th hole, and I pull out a – like this hole is it's a little bit dogleg. Like I can knock it up near the green. Mm -hmm. Got a two-shot lead. I pull out a five iron, and he looks at me, and he goes – fuck are you doing and you got like what you have a three i got a two or two three, or three shot, shot lead. lead yeah so it's like get it in the house and this thing's on ice and he literally goes son get over here and he like puts his hand on my shoulder and leans over he goes and what are you gonna do with that he goes you see that guy right there he can't hit it on that green you know what he's got in his hands six iron you know what he's trying to do not lose he goes what are you doing hands me the driver Knocking in the greenside bunker, which is the absolute worst place you can hit it. Yeah, that <laughs> hole is a pretty place. extreme dogleg. It's like a three iron and like a wedge or yeah. nine or something like and that. And I hit in the front bunker. Yeah, I know. The, yeah. And it's not that the green's best like spot. eight deep. And these bunkers are terrible. Yep. Anyways, I make Jicky a great life. par. 
And he walked, we walk off. He goes, you just showed him your, I won't say the word. Yeah. But he goes, that guy knows he can't win today. And yeah. I'm like, ah, all right. You Thanks, made bogey. Yeah. You get a six iron. Ripped it off the front of the green, made bogey, and got like three or four shots. Yeah, you made par. Time. He acts like you made he, he, that decision. He yeah. told me that about that 72 times. Like, he made yeah. par. It wasn't like he That's knocked. him validating a poor club choice. <laughs> but it was the fact that he took me out of my comfort zone. It was like, man, you knock it on the green. Like, who cares? But he's like the there. biggest advocate of you using what you got more than any. He's like, dude, let it hang, 100%. Bud. And then, like, 18 at Wigwam, same thing. I'm like, what do you think? He goes, I mean, what do I think? Do you want to win or lose? He goes, there's three fairways over. Yeah, there's Block a the hundred shit out miles of it. right. He yeah. goes, you just can't hit it left. I'm like, okay, can't hit it left. Step on the team. I'm like, can't hit it left. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Flip it in there. Make birdie. He goes, see? Yeah. Great caddy. That's a good, Give me my yeah, That's not caddy. the best example of caddying, but it's a good example of, you know, like he told me a great story. He goes, if I had your skill set when I played the tour, oh. he goes, I'd walk around with my fly undone. <laughs> These guys couldn't touch me. I'm like, it is true I'm though, dude. People it, I'm like yeah, die five five yards of distance. People are killing themselves for that. Switching, they might hit five less fairways around. They don't care. Everyone yeah. wants to do what you do, and and you got it. I mean, he's, he's like, you chip it good, you wedge it fine. He's like, you spin it more than anybody on the planet. If you're short sided, what's the problem? There's no issues. Let's go. Well, Gary, there are some issues. It there are that some easy. issues. Yeah. There's some issues with Gary. Why don't your agent lobby to get you in one of these big tour, like the tour events where you could let it go and I, see what you I can mean, do. I, I mean, you got to be looking to. your chops on that. Got to be someone here that listens to the podcast. Oh, yeah, anybody out there happen. that maybe the CEO of Farmers or something like that could slide you in there. Maybe what? in Dallas. But, yeah. I mean, Perhaps. Uh, or, oh, there's a DPC course Grand right Ranch. down the road oh, where there yeah. might be some pull. Perhaps. But what is? Do you have like... An ultimate goal in professional golf, like what? What is? Is it to get to the PGA Tour? Is it to win on the PGA Tour? Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would just love to get to the Corn Ferry Tour because I think I could use my skills out there. Canadian Tour, it's handcuffed. It's hard to get out there. I've played well at first stage of Q School. It's a great golf course. I go to Bear Creek, and it's a total nightmare. That's a bad. Like I think you and I have talked about this in the it's past. A, is Craig Ranch still a second stage site? I think it is. You gotta go, dude. You would fly the stuff that if you can fly at 300 yards there yeah it's a driving range so second stage i've made some bad mistakes with golf course choice part of the process you gotta yeah, take it once i'm just a slow learner but yeah i think you know i would love to just have a corn ferry tour card let me get yeah. out there and see what see i can what happens, do yeah. you know obviously the end goal is obviously playing the pga tour yeah. wouldn't be wasting time or money on the jickies and canada Hashtag we all got to do it, life, right? Bud. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all got to do it. Yeah, but you've, I mean, you've made quite the name of yourself at an unbelievable career already with, I mean, World Long Drive. You've had tons of sponsors and all this. But there was one thing you did that was really cool, and we got to talk about it, is Grandpa James. Yeah, mm. bud. I mean, let's get into it. I mean, first off, I got to know, if people haven't seen it at home, you got to Google Jamie Sadlowski, Grandpa Jamie. Basically, you went full makeup, dressed yeah. up as Gary McCord's twin brother, mm -hmm. and uh, went out and hemorrhoids and all, hemorrhoids and all, prostate and all, blood thinners. Yeah, take dude. us through the process. Like, I heard you were in the makeup chair for like a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. So my my agent, who you know very well, doesn't always inform me of all the information. He'll give me location, hotel, rental car, but not really what we're doing. <laughs> so that's a good agent. Yeah. A few yeah. days before this is all transpiring, he goes. They kind of want to do like one of those Kyrie Irving videos, dress you up like an old man. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll put an old sweater on. He goes, no, like really do it right. I'm like, oh, under one condition. And he's like, what's that? I'm like, I need a handle of Tito's and I'm going to drink the whole thing in order for me to do this. 
pretty reserved pretty guy, you reasonable. know, pretty quiet. So I sit down on the chair, pour myself vodka orange juice. And I'm not liking, guy gives me the script. I'm like, oh, no. So I sat there for like six and a half hours. When I walked out of there, that's I That's just makeup check. That's how long it takes to get yeah. you Mrs. Oh, Doubt fired up. It was three o'clock in the morning. And we had a few <laughs> nice drinks the night before. So I like two hours of sleep. And I sat in that chair for six and a half hours. And when I left there, I was glowing. I felt great. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we stepped up. And it was in California somewhere. And you got to be like, I have the producer in my ear. He's like, tell that guy his breast smells like shit. And I'm like. I can't do that. I'm like, your breast smells like shit. But yeah, so I got pretty greased for that. And it first one was pretty good. Yeah. And so was it all good. was it yeah. all scripted or did you kind of no, add this that is, little stuff? No one knows anything. And that's why like people nowadays, you got to be re- real careful what you say, what you do. So I was like floating a fine line between being funny, not offending someone and trying to make it a good watch. But I remember... This guy comes up to me and goes, you should try that senior long drive stuff. He has no idea. Yeah. He has no idea that this is a prank and that I'm Jamie Sadlowski. Yeah. And I was like, really? You think I could do it? He goes, yeah, I think you could. You got like, you hit it pretty far. And I was like, oh yeah, you don't need to be big to do this. He goes, yeah, that Sadlowski kid, he, he was pretty good <laughs> for a long time. I'm like, oh yeah, you know him? He goes, I don't know him, but I watch him for a lot of years. I'm like, yeah, he was really good. And he looks at me straight in the eyes and goes, yeah, he was good, but he's way too small to win now. <laughs> and I'm like, you? <laughs> really? And so the whole day rolls on. And like this one lady wanted to take me home. Mm, that's not a bad gig. She's like, can you teach me? So I gave her a few pointers. She goes, let's go inside for a drink. I'm like, I can't. Like, I'm busy. I'll. And she's like, come inside. Like, let's go have some that drinks. That is awesome. And I'm like, I had to tell her. Like, I had full makeup. I'm like, this is a mask. This yeah. isn't real. Like, I can't go home with you. Like <laughs> This is not okay. But anyways, the guy that said that after we're done the shoot for the day, I went up to him. I'm like, Hey, do you know who I am? He goes, no. I'm like, Jamie Sadlowski. He goes, no fucking way. That's awesome. He goes, I'm so sorry what I said. I didn't You're mean definitely anything. Big enough. I'm like, geez, man, that, that, that is that's beautiful. Hurtful. How long were you out there that day? It was a full 12 hour day. Yeah. And I was just over and over time. Yeah. And the gig was you basically someone strolls up and they're hitting balls and you kind of limp up to the tee and then hit just rockets. Just kind of slow play it and then drill it into houses over the fence that I forget the name of the course. But yeah, there was some damage done. That (laughs) That is awesome. I mean, I'm sure the process was Uh, was ridiculously long, but I mean, that was really, really cool. It's cool because I mean, kids in YouTube nowadays, like when I'm home, small town, everyone calls me Grandpa Jamie. I've done a few things I wish you guys would recognize me for. That and Dude Perfect, but that's all right. As long as I know your name for something. Yeah, dude, you're known. No such thing as bad pub. No, it's all Uh, good pub. Time for the E9? Yeah, you want a little E9? Let's do it. A little quick cruise. Fun little nine questions. Learn even more about you. Good. Get some real good dirt. You want to start or you want me to start? Yeah, I'll fire it. All right. I think you know the first. Movie being made about the life of Jamie Sadlowski. Who's the actor playing you? Kind of pains me to say this, but Jim Nance calls me Johnny Manziel because he thinks I look like him. Well, he's oh, not an really? actor, but that's he fine. could be. That's he could right. be. It's your movie. Yeah, he, he was in here today. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Taking uh, pictures of our cartoons. Uh-huh. Oh god. Yeah. I don't know if I want to play my life, but I, I go with Johnny Manziel because <laughs> I, I think he'd keep it on the uppity up. Yeah. I had Jude Law for you. Oh, Jude Law. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I had Joaquin Phoenix. Ooh. 
But yeah. the weird one when he went into that little role that he played for a couple of years yeah. and spoofed everyone. It's yeah, kind of, I think he's got a little he's got a little juice to him. Think highly of me. All right, number two. This is for all the golf fans at home. What is one piece of advice you'd give the listeners at home to try and hit it further? Swing faster. <laughs> there it is. Perfect. I, I knew Write it. that down. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's the most frustrating question because I watch guys and they swing at 84 miles an hour on the range. And I'm like, how are you possible? Like, do you try to swing faster? Well, no, I just swing at 84. Mi- I'm like, try. Like, you have, like, everyone's got a couple mm-hmm. miles on. I don't care if you hit the center of the face, but like, effort. We need effort. Swing it faster. Come there on. There you go. Just swing it. Please. Playing with regular dudes, like, on the, on, in Canada, are, is, it, are, is it just embarrassing to you, like, to walk up to a dude who's, like, maybe taller than you and just see him hit it? And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, be a man. You can hear it land. Yeah. And you're just like, there's dude, nothing this wrong is with embarrassing. That. I could kick it for a Oh, another McCord story. In the jickies, yes, like I'm sending it, and this poor kid is like 160 <laughs> yards behind me. And McCord, we're walking up, and he says to me, and not quietly, he goes, How the fuck is this guy gonna beat you? And I'm like, I got a butt like shit, I guess. And he's like, Exactly, so don't do that. I'm he's like, right there, elbow yeah, to elbow. The poor kid is right there. No offense, bud, you're a great yeah, player. I mean, I'm like, Man, you can't say stuff like that in front of guys, like, he's trying, like, leave him alone. God. <laughs> That's good. All right, next question. Did you have to pay for the simulator that you broke when you went into the Golf Channel studio? Uh, Didn't have to pay for it. Didn't get invited back for a few years. Got invited back, doing a show with Breed, hit a seven iron through, have not been back. So you've broken two? Two. You Just told him the first time, didn't they? Like, the dude was challenging you to a long driveway. Hey, we're going to see Jamie hit, yeah. a, hit a monster. Bubba's and, been and in here. And then you went through. I was like, okay, no problem. Almost killed Chumley in the back. There's a like one of those big Chumley. Yeah. This guy looked like Chumley, man. Oh, I thought you were that's what you're calling Chambly. Yeah. No. Like, wow, but there's Chumley. this guy in the back. I guy. see he brings the ball out. <laughs> he was this he was a sound guy. And I hit this shot and I can hear it rattling around in the back. <laughs> and he comes out and he's like, I got the ball. And he goes, Come here. And there's like a big metal fence, and there's like a three inch cave mark. He goes, My right arm was touching this thing. Jesus. Almost killed him. This is why they moved to Connecticut. You broke all their shit. Oh, yeah, man. they had to get a lower rent district. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All well, right. we mentioned your hockey background earlier. You're quite the hockey player. And I'm not sure if you know this, but the very own Sleazy Man has a hockey bet on I, the line. I've heard this bet. You know this bet. So I know we the need bet. to go over it. Insult me with and this. And I, I need your answer to all three of these bets. So it involves the great Ray Whitney, yeah. the wizard. Yeah. So never been on skates. Never shot a hockey puck. I you was be- on skates at like nine. age 10 or Whatever. something. Yeah. It doesn't okay. matter. And I was fast. It ain't like riding a bike. Okay. I was fast. Okay. Yeah. So he's yeah. got to go all the way around the rink without touching the, the walls. Okay. Check. Without falling. Okay. Yes, he, he has to skate. He can't try to like just yeah. walk. Done. I'll so is that the end? No, that's one no. bet. I'll do a triple axle I, I honestly, bitch. I think you could do that. You're an athlete. Okay. Respect. That's, that's one. Number so two. two and three are going to be different. Number two, blue line on skates, 50 pucks. Has to fly one into the net. Don't insult me right now, no bud. Chance, to my bro. face. Because the first one you're going to shoot and you're going to lean back and fall on your head. And then you're going to. Tommy said he's going to go forward. Or forward. <laughs> There's depends. a lot of shit on the table, but depends. you're going to lean anything. the shaft. You're going to try to help it up in the air. You give me 50 anything, I'll figure it out. This is the one that's the real divided. This is a good money line bet. No, I love, I love my slap shot one because I, I agree with you. No chance. No, I just never hit a puck. That's actually yeah. true. Yeah, you got to have balance, man, because you got stuff like hands are moving away. 
You and see you my can't, speed you, on the course, you, though. You can't flick it up in the air. Like, you actually have to have a little soft. That's what I've asked. Could you wrist, like, you could probably, but can a normal dude wrist one in from the blue <laughs> the line? The best is we were with Kami, and he goes, Kami, could you do it? And Kami goes, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Played how many years in the show? <laughs> Kami, dude, he's more of like a brute enforcer oh, type. He's like, are you kidding me? Like, of course I can flip it in there. I made $30 million yeah. flipping like, it in there. Like, like, can you get it out of the bunker in one try? Yeah, man, you fuck. Sometimes you get lucky. Yeah, that one. No disrespect, but that that's that's the one that's right. the middle ground. This and the next last one, one is the problem, okay. I think. Ray is at the far end of the ice. He can just dig in a little bit. He's low. Sleaze can get to Sleaze gets all the way at the other end, can go as fast as he can, and hit Ray, and Ray says, You will not move me an inch. Ray played twenty four years, I He's believe. a thick little shit too. <laughs> He's a like, little mighty mouse. When you're talking like CGs, his is low, which I mean, Kami, that's not a good example. You know what, Kami? He wouldn't just stand there still. He'd throw a shoulder into your Oh, noggin. dude, I'd have no teeth at the yeah, end of it. Yeah, but uh, no, you can't move the Wiz. There's so no that way. one's, honestly, that was after 10, 12 cocktails, and he threw that bet. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll do that. Like, that was a dumb one. Are we going to get this on film? Dude, it well, has first to happen off, soon. we had the ice booked. Oh, you don't yeah. even know this. Monday of Phoenix Open. Oh, but at the ice den? Yeah, we had the ice den, but with our schedule and stuff, we couldn't do it, so... It was that was my yeah. we had it we had it booked and we weren't going to tell him because we didn't want him to go out and try to practice. I've been doing all. a lot of practice. Well, I sneak yeah. out to the rink every. Well, this was crazy. I don't yeah. want him to practice. What, what, what you got to understand is, like Wiz made a living off battling in the corners, being an undersized guy, and using his ass. That one is a legit problem. I'm gonna be first, you need to, a and I need pads and all oh, the shit. I'm oh, not no, gonna like blow we, my. They have everything for you. Oh, good. First, Akami's like, you better wear a helmet when you try to do the slap shot thing. He goes, because he said he's going to go forward and his head's going to go I might put a us. football helmet on for don't the slap shot. Don't take a slap shot. shot. You got to take a wrist shot. Slap you think shot. Let let him know. We got to slap shot it. Dude, this has to happen. It needs to happen soon. The buildup for this has never been higher. It's going to be awesome. Never been higher. I'm surprised there's no like dress. So you basically just have me. And fire some <laughs> One, I might knuckle seven. puck it like Mighty Duck. So you basically just have me winning the skating deal. I got you for the skating. One and two. Everyone's got me for that middle split for the. Slap shot and nobody, off, including me, thinks I can move right. for the fla- slap shot. No. no one, I haven't heard anybody say you can do it except for you. Uh, I thought we had one more guy say I could do it. Anyways, I'm gonna call Clayton or somebody and get him to coach me up on <laughs> <a> slap shot <laughs> before I gotta sneak in one sesh before I get out there and make an ass myself on TV. All right, next question Do you think you would have made it to final stage of Q school last time out if your idiot caddy didn't eat all of your snack bars? Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a good one, dude. This is a good one. Oh, it. Oh, so first round, I'm cruising around. I'm seven down through 13 at Bear Creek. Like, I'm humming nice. Oh, yeah. Hit a great tee shot on the par five. Hit this like laser seven iron. It's all in. Like, I think I'm going nine down through 14. I ended up like it gets in one of those sod walls. I make a par, whatever. Get to the 15th hole and I go to the bag because I'm like, it's time to eat. Starving. Searching around. Pull out a wrapper, one sandwich bag. I'm like, I know I packed two for sure. Pull out empty sandwich bag. And I looked at Ash and I'm like, did you eat all the fucking sandwiches? He goes, man, I was hungry. And I'm like, <laughs> not a bar, nothing yeah. in the bag. And so I go bogey, double, bogey, double. Blood blood sugar. And he goes, you know what, man? That could have been a lot worse. We're a couple under par and tomorrow's another day. And I'm like... <laughs> Why is he? Why explain this guy to people? But why the? Why is he caddying for you, dude? At second, he, he that's caddies, real life. That's real life. He caddies for me because he's caddied. Anytime I've played well, he's been on the bag. He does not get on my nerves. He will not pull a club if I say it's 
You like chip gap wedge? Yep, love it. You want the wedge? I, I like it first. Like, there's no indecisiveness at all. Where when I got Art on the bag, he's got the wedge and he's wiping the grip off and he's handed it to me. I'm like, how far do we have? He goes, it's all good. I, I walked it off 155. I'm like, don't touch my numbers. <laughs> don't touch my clubs. So he knows his place. Art's great. This is your guy, Ashley Newsom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He has a good nickname. Yeah. Dude, he's the best. Yeah. He, he is. He's something. He keeps it real light, man. <laughs> yeah. I was hungry, man. Ate all your food at second stage of Q school and finished up yeah. like six over in the last four or something. Yeah, but we got it in under par, man. <laughs> so I'm like, Not that hard we're just 700 and now we're one. You're fired. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number six. All right. Might know the answer to this now after what you told us about Grandpa Jamie, but who has more game with the ladies, Grandpa Jamie or Gary McCord? Oh, Grandpa no. Jamie. Oh, <laughs> he almost yeah. got laid in his yeah. shoot, dude. Exactly. Of course it's him. Yeah, no, that's why we know the answer now. <laughs> yeah, all day. Golly. Was she hot? No. How <laughs> was, old? Was what, old? A, what age are we were talking about? 65. Oh. Uh, and she had a husband. She's still got some... <laughs> Oh, she yeah, she, she was gonna she take you open, openly admitted she had a husband. They might have some sort of Grandpa deal. Grandpa Jamie's you don't know got about. it going Man. on. She must have seen them hips firing. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> the hits, long beat, ball. Baby. It's true what Makes they say sense. about the long ball. <laughs> All right, next question. This is a real golf question. Could you lead the uh, tour in driving distance hitting left-handed? No. Close. I mean, in my prime, I mean, not with Bryson out there anymore. Matt Wolf, DJ. What can you get to left-handed? I could probably get it to 120, but I kind of get a little bit of a cutter going. So 120 carrying it 300? 300, 310. Lefty. Lefty. Now I can flip the lefty upside down and send some mail. No problem. I hate you. But yeah, <laughs> lefty's a hard <laughs> yeah. ass. That's close though. Maybe 120 is in the Jickies, I think I could do it. Jicky, yeah. Being be king of the jicks ain't the worst, but no, it, it's not that easy. <laughs> All right, number eight. You've played golf with both of us quite a bit. If you could take one part of each of our games and put it into your game, what would it be? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. This is good. Yeah. Mm. This is good. I would take Sleaze's confidence. <laughs> yeah. Was gonna, there was going to be nothing to do with the moxie. That's all I wanted. If you didn't say that, I was going to be offended. <laughs> like the moxie, yeah. I would call it, because you don't know what he shot ever. 80, 70, 60. It's all the same, it's baby. All the same. It's all good. It was all clean. <laughs> good. Uh, obviously, short game, putting. I would take the... You can chip it, though. You might chip yeah, it Yeah, you chip I nice, dude. I can take the putter. That's one thing I will say I don't think I get credit for. Everyone, yeah, I everyone always no. asks me, what's what's your biggest attribute? And everyone's like, oh, the driver. I honestly think it's chipping. <laughs> Yeah, you, I don't you know chip if it's it the great. biggest, but it's, it's you're chipping. It people that know yeah. you is are, but when you really hit him in shitty chipper. spots, you better be able to. I was going to say the hybrid, but then I was like, rarely does he have three thirty. I was going to say he's not the hybrid. Yeah, yeah, your hybrid nah. game's nice. You got a seven wood? Is that what I heard? You got a, No, no, no. It's a four iron it's hybrid. A four iron hybrid. Okay. Its name is Gary. Gary. Yeah, and it works very well. That's what I heard. I've never been this little Tinkerbell. I got, I got mad respect for that. I love it. Yeah, it's a real. All right, next question. Have you ever outdriven anyone by so much that they picked up their ball and walked up the golf course? Oh, another McCord story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is McCord. So, uh, DC Ranch, U.S. Open qualifier. He's on the bag. I don't know if he had a bad day, but he was being a prick that not just the to player me, or Gary? Gary. Oh, perfect. That's not, just normal. Not day. just to me. That's a normal not day. Not just to me, but to everybody. So, you guys have played DC. What's the whole? So you go all the way up, and like then, 13, then you play the par three, and then you yeah. come back down. I think that's 14. I think 
Yeah, you I think it's the front. It's the, it's the front. It's like it's, the fourth. So or the, fifth the whole. Floor. No, no, no. The par three. It's on the back nine. The par three. The one no, that no, goes no, no, no. Par, par four. Par four that goes way up. Isn't that like yeah, right after the par five? It's thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We started. So I thought that was the front. Maybe yeah. I teed off on ten. They they flipped them. So and then the par three and then the one yep. down the hill. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we're going down the hill. I kind of hit it left. I have to chip out. So I chip it out, and he and I are standing by my bag, and I'm playing with this guy who's not going real well. A couple dubs early, not feeling it. And we're talking, we're talking. And this guy hits this shot, and all we hear is click. And McCord goes, "Well, I don't need to even fucking see where that went." He goes, "That's off the hosel," and he looks, and Buddy's looking at him, and I'm like, "Gary, <laughs> relax, Gary." Yeah, I'm like, dude, chill "This guy out. just hit a hosel monkey, and he's literally he's in the fairway like this, dropping another ball." I'm like, "God, okay." So we get to the 16th hole, and this guy supposedly says, "Supposedly, it's." story yeah says i've been waiting because i didn't hit many drivers he goes i've been waiting all day for this and he goes okay here we go you're about been to all see day it. he's like good tempo he thinks he can bring it yeah yeah and he so, hits it pretty far gary said yeah he, he hits yeah, it like, good like he's a he's a 70 guy which is moving it pretty good and gary kind of like all day he's like just work on tempo nothing crazy we're not we're, and he's like okay i want you to fucking get on this one <laughs> and i'm like okay green light special here we go and i send this thing past the bunkers and this guy hits his tee shot, and we were walking up, and he stops at his ball, puts his bag down, and he keeps walking. And I'm like walking up to my ball. He's like in my pocket. I'm like, what's this? He thinks that's his. I'm like, no, oh, man, that ain't your ball. And he walks it off, and it's like 90 or 89 or 90 yards. <laughs> I heard he said it was 92. 92 yards. And he goes, that's as good as I can hit it. And he's talking to McCord because McCord's been in his ear all day. And. I, th- I think that was the last hole he played. He didn't finish. So he walked back, picked his ball up, and went to the house. I love that McCord's chirping the other players as he's Yeah, guy. dude. McCord thinks that's him hitting yeah, the shot. He's shots. ruthless, man. Like, yeah. he is ruthless out there. I told I you, you can't hang with us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, we hit it long. He's like, you made that guy quit. And then That's, that's got to be a good feel. Like, from a couple guys that aren't, you know, known felt, for our length. Good. Like, dude, that would be nice to just – I hit it so far in front of this guy that he just quit the quit But the I feel round. bad because it was McCord. Like, if McCord's not there, that guy's still playing golf to this day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's doing now. I haven't seen him since that day, but I'm sure he'd still be playing golf. But McCord awesome. ruined another That's career. fun. Get a guy to walk off the course. That is hilarious. Well, Jamie, this has been a blast, man. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Pleasure, boys. Thank yes, you for having you're me. the best, dude. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Well, that was Jamie Sedlowski. Sleaze, what a guy. I mean, what a just a freak natural talent. It's, a, it's like I said before, it is unbelievable. You can't believe it until you see it watching Jamie Sedlowski at the bottom. We could sit here and tell stories about clubs we've seen him hit from certain distances and things, but you just you can't appreciate it until you see it up close and personal. And how about like just the way he got into long drive? Yeah. He just showed up to watch a buddy and they're like, oh, there's a junior division. You want to get in it? Uh, yeah, sure. 375 at age 14. Is that good? I mean, that's, is that's, that good? People would on tour would like cut off their left toe only their left toe toe. just the toe to hit to have like to gain five miles an hour speed or things like that and here he is swinging the golf club 150 at 165 pounds i mean it's unreal but like he said it's it's so different knowing that he had six little friends down there on the ground when he was when he was doing long drive and knowing okay only one of you got only one (laughs) of you got to behave today whereas now he's trying to play professional golf and he knows that every single shot's shot count but uh it's it's going to be a tough transition for him i mean he's trying to play against guys that have done this their whole life and for his whole life, he's just been grip it and rip it. Let's see how far we can go. But I will say this. He doesn't get near enough credit for how good he is around the greens. 
he chips and puts it really, really well, which you wouldn't expect from like a long drive guy. You would think that was the area where they would struggle. And I would say this too, in terms of like how he's changed since he quit long drive and started playing golf. Like when you and I would play with him a lot back at the rock, like I'll go back four years or so. And the rock's a bad place because there's not a lot of places where he can even hit driver, but he would hit his little three iron or driving or whatever it was. And it would be more or less around where my drive would be. And then from there, we'd play the same game. Talking with him and some other guys that are around him, he's starting to let it go a little bit more in tournament golf, which I think he absolutely should because he's got one superpower in the world. If you don't use it, why are you trying to play the same way everybody else is playing? I think that's a tough way to do it. So I think he is starting to, you know, let it loose a little bit more in tournament golf. But the problem for him is, you can only do that on certain venues, and there aren't a lot that can that can really hold him. Like Canada is a really hard place for him to play. Yeah, but it's it's going to be cool to see what he can do. But I got to ask you this because I know you're extremely close with him, a lot closer than I am. Is Gary McCord a positive or a negative effect on his golfing career? Um, <laughs> you need McCord in spurts. You know what I mean? It's like you need a little bit of Gary, yeah. and then you get away from Gary. If you got him in your ear the entire time, I'm glad he told that story about the wigwam, the jicky he was playing because he had like a two two or three shot lead with a few holes left. He could easily just kick it in, make a few pars. This thing's done. And this hole that he was talking about with a huge dog leg, McCord just hands on the driver's like, send it. I mean, he could have hit it out of bounds or somewhere weird and made an X, but McCord was like, you need to start doing this. This is what you need to do. And I'll say this, the first time McCord caddied for him, he ended up, he won that golf tournament against some, you know, college all Americans and mm -hmm. things like that. So it, it worked, but yeah, McCord and, and baby Small spurts. Doses. Yeah. I wouldn't be life coached by Gary McCord. That shit could turn no. out. Well, I'll tell you what we do need more of. That's Grandpa Jamie. Grandpa Jamie is incredible. The fact that he said an elderly woman tried to take him <laughs> home from the golf course, I mean, that's all time. Oh, it's so good. I remember when they did that thing. It was coming off the heels of, like, uh, was it Uncle Drew with Kyrie yeah. Irving and the basketball stuff? And the way he did this, I mean, his he said he tried to mimic Gary McCord and how he walks and complains about <laughs> his back and all this shit. He probably went and got a case of hemorrhoids before he got there. But he was really believable with that stuff. And just seeing the, fa the faces of the people that were watching, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. what is that? And the one guy saying, like, you're not as good as that Sadlowski guy, but... You yeah, know, you, can, you right. can try for it. Yeah, But, man, that was a blast. Really, really enjoyed sitting down with him. But so now it's time to get to everyone's favorite part of the show, the gambling. Not our best week. You know, we, in our one-and-done pool, I had Bryson DeChambeau. You had Terrell Hatton. I believe they both finished tied for 22nd, made around 100000 Producer Mark, can you give us a little update on the standings? Yeah, dead on there, Colt. T22, $100,833 apiece. Colt, you're up to just shy of a mil or yeah, just shy of a million dollars at nine hundred and ninety nine thousand three hundred and seventy. Round up with a lead of a hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, so this thing's close. This can change at any moment. One putt could be the difference in this thing. But I believe I keep the honor. Correct. Since we did tie. And we are at the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill this week. Another great field. Um tough golf course. Yeah, I'm tell hoping. us a, tell us a little about the course. Who's it who's it suit? Well, I, I mean, I think it's a ball strikers golf course. The fairways are, are, are somewhat generous. It all depends on the weather. If we don't get any rain, as we saw last year, I mean, this place is concrete, single digit under par is going to win. And Terrell Hatton put on a ball striking clinic last year, went away with it. If you look at this tournament, the last five winners, all non-American. So a little trend going there. The question is, do you keep riding that or does it end? You don't know. But I'm going with a guy who hits the ball as good as anybody, finished top six in six of his last seven tournaments, including a tied for second last week at the WGC. I mean, nobody hits it better than this guy. I think he's due for another win, Victor Hovland. Yeah, uh, this one pains me. That was my guy going in this week. Um, I love that pick. I think this is a second-shot golf course. Maybe like a little bit of similarities between uh, this week and concession. Like second-shot golf course, fairly generous fairways. If you miss the greens, it's not near it. as, as severe as – Concession. As concession. It just depends on if they can get this place firm, that's when it plays tough. Yeah, it seems like it's a, it's a second shot golf course. So 
I was between two guys. It was Hideki Matsuyama, who I was leaning on for a while. Then I actually went back, and I, I had to do a little peekaboo because I was actually wanting to pick Colin Morikawa this week. And then I found out <laughs> he's not in the field, so I had to audible I and go I think somewhere you should else. Take him. I still like him. Once you say it on here, it's in. It's I, submitted. Sorry. I, I still don't hate him this week after last week, but uh, I'm going to go with Matthew Fitzpatrick. If you look at his last two years here, ninth and a second in his last two years, so he obviously plays well here. And coming off an 11th last week at concession, these hard golf courses, he seems yep. to – you don't think of him as like a ball striker, but he just like, grinds it out gets it around he's incredible around the green so if he does have a day out there which i think everyone will where you're not hitting it great he can still he can still get uh up and down for par he was my number two pick there that's who i was i was going back and forth but he, he has a great track record there he does play great on hard golf courses i just don't know if he can if it gets really really firm since he's not the longest and not the highest ball hitter i don't know if he can win he can finish top 10 a lot like we saw at riviera like once it got firm it kind of tended to get away from him a little bit. But, I mean, he's there's no doubt his track record there is awesome. He was my second guy. I also got Mark Leachman on there at 40-1, to yeah. one, who's got an unbelievable record. Firm and fast. He's really good. Yeah. And I'll tell you a little dark horse that I like. Going off around 50-1, to one, Jason Kokrak. Okay. Yeah. Shadow Creek, very, very firm. Kind of a similar style golf course, not as crazy of greens. Kokrak hits it really far, really high. I think he could do well there. Yeah, that's why I really liked Hideki, too. That was who it came down to. Nobody, I mean, his, when he's hitting his irons well, you're hard-pressed to find somebody who's better than that, and he can hit it to the moon. I don't necessarily love him if the wind blows around there, so that's something to look out for, but Hideki fits this golf course as well. He's just kind of, you don't know what Hideki you're getting right now. I finished last week at concession. He had a couple miscuts before that. He just hasn't started firing on all cylinders, so I feel like the I'll putter's say, an issue for The him. putter's a little, it's always been an issue, yeah. and it will remain so, but if he can hit it like he has in the past, he could still win anywhere, but I just, I'm going to save him for a week when he's got a little better form leading up. But it's going to be awesome. I know we both are rooting for it to get crazy firm. Love to see these guys have to think their way around and struggle a little bit. It's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But Slay's our next guest. Oh, Here boy, we go. buckle your seatbelt. Slays, I got the opportunity to meet this guy a few years ago, and I immediately fell in love with him. I mean, obviously, I know all about his history. He's a legend. But to get to spend time with him in person, arguably the greatest storyteller I've ever been around, and that's saying a lot, the legend, George Brett, will be in the building. I think up to this point, uh, the consensus is Commodore has been probably the funniest episode we've done in terms of storytelling. This one, I guarantee you, will rival it. It would be I mean, he, we could just turn the mics on and let him go. I don't think we have to talk for the rest of the time, which would be great because he unloads with stories. I feel like you remember when the barn rat walked in here and I was like, googly eyes, like, I yeah. love the rat. This is my freaking boy. I feel like this is this is your barn rat right here. I love George this, man. Brett, man, dude, an all timer. And uh, yeah, you get the same way around him that I was around. the. Barn I mean, rat. I can bet you anything you want. The safest bet I can possibly make is he hates technology, right? You send him a text message within five minutes, he'll call you. He does not text back. He always has to call, wants to see how everything's going. Awesome. And also, just got back from Augusta National. So got some great stories Perfect. from there. Played Perfect a couple timing. days there. It's going to be a blast. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you tune in for next week's Golf Sub Par with George Brett. Everyone have a great week.